Welcome to Dealmaker Diaries, where you hear directly from the dealmakers who you invest with. M&A, real estate syndication, and more. Strap in for unparalleled advice, wisdom, and insight from some of the world's best business minds with Don Thomas and G1C Group. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Dealmaker Diaries. Today, we have with us Harold McGee. Harold's passion in business are helping individuals and families start and build their businesses, plan, protect business succession, and retirement planning. He has over 20 years plus in the real estate brokerage and financial services industry, including sales, investing, and lending. His specialties include analyzing business profit and loss statements, balance sheets, credit reporting, and asset management, along with asset divesting. Additionally, he works with small business owners on employee benefit selection and implementation. He's also a licensed Texas real estate broker and licensed Texas health life insurance agent. So let's give Harold a warm welcome to the show. Let's go. So, Harold, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, great to have you on. Great to have you on. So, yeah, I mean, um, we've had several um, guests like mention Infinite Banking in passing. So I thought it'd be great to have you on the show as you're one of the um, go-to experts on this subject in our network. So, yeah, it's great yeah. to have you on and share some of your um wisdom and expertise on this subject. So before we dive in, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and um, what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so uh, from Austin, Texas, born and raised, um, uh, went to college down around here, uh, just about 30 miles south of Austin in San Marcos. And uh, out of college, I uh, and I was also uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps, got activated for uh, Desert Storm, Desert Shield. And then after college, I got on with Fidelity Investments and I got my Series 7 and 63 and learned a lot about the stock market and financial systems and just had a great time learning and absorbing all that, especially as a young 20-something year old out in the world. And then uh, as we got through the uh, dot-com days and the, and the Y2K bust and, and, and all of that, and, and uh, in the mid-2000s, I got my real estate license, and then also my life insurance license. And, uh, and that was right before the 08, 09 downturn, the uh, great recession, as we called it. But uh, started doing um, some property management from some investors that I was working with and went on to, to grow and build a very nice property management business and sales brokerage business coming out of the 0809 crash and uh and, and just through 09 and 10 11 and all the way through 2015 really grew a nice business and uh so and so much that I uh I, I sold that book of business to another agent that was working with me the entire time sold that book of business to him and uh, wanted to start working in business brokerage drug because I really am passionate by working with entrepreneurs. And at the same time, I had always had my insurance license and had never really used it. I just kept renewing it. Mm -hmm. And through a system, an insurance company that I was involved with, I was just looking around at, at a back office system that 
they had. And uh, I, I went into kind of their um, uh, special markets tab that I found. And in there, I found something called Infinite Banking. And there were several um, videos that was in there and, and recorded. And I started watching those and, and I just became so enamored with the information that I was learning about it and just like had an epiphany that like, oh my goodness, my real estate investors would love something like this with the leverage of one asset and still being able to get other assets around utilizing infinite banking and more specifically life insurance, whole life insurance. Uh, so you have two assets utilizing and leveraging the same dollar and I just jumped in, <laughs> both feet in, just, just jumped right in there and, and got going. And I went to the uh, Nelson Nash Institute and registered to become an authorized practitioner, uh, interviewed by the council, got approved. And then I started taking uh, the classes online and then had to take a, a proctored uh, test. So we actually get a full certification from this. And um and then uh, just started meeting with the local real estate investors and investors that I knew. And, and, uh, and, and here we are today. And it's just, it's going great. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think the first time I ever heard about um, something other than term life, I, I heard when I was reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and he, he mentioned how a lot of the wealthy people use life insurance. And I had no idea. So what is it? How, how does that work? I had no idea how that worked. And as I learned throughout the years, I mean, I heard more and more about it. And then finally, when we met um, late last year and I'm in a position where I can do something like this, okay, I'm, 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 let me let me get this started and let me get into this. But I think I'll, there are a lot of people out there who aren't familiar with it and exactly how it works. So if, if, if you're somebody who is just learning about that, is interested in setting it up for themselves, how, how would they go about it? What are the first steps they would need to take? Well, so, I mean, obviously with YouTube and, and online social media, there's a ton of information that, that just goes around. Uh, the best source to, to do uh, when it comes to you want to get really educated uh, in this is to go to the Nelson Nash Institute, which is the infinitebanking.org website. And on there, you can find a, a list by state of all of their uh, authorized practitioners. I am, I am one of those. And, 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 and connect with, you can connect with somebody that's in your region, in your area, to sit down and discuss, you know, everything about uh, infinite banking and, and how it's structured, why, how. And, and, and going from there, you can reach out to us. Uh, and, you know, I, I met you here locally in Austin uh, through our networking group, real estate networking group. And, and you told me that you're in the business and, and, and I'm always looking to uh, bring in other licensed professionals as well to be able to market and share uh, all the values of, of doing this uh, with, with their clients as well. Okay, and what, what do you like um, most about Infinite Banking or what do you think some of the biggest, biggest advantages are with it? Well, yeah. You know, obviously, um, the liquidity aspect for what it is um, and being able to access to eventually all dollars that you put into the system. So 
you don't lose the opportunity cost um, of other um, higher risk investments or just for, uh, you know, big, big events in life, uh, like, you know, automobile purchases, uh, big vacations, weddings, um, you know, all, all kinds of, of anytime that require usually one time big, large uh, purchases and you're able to leverage um, the system. Uh, but the one thing about it that every dollar that you put into it creates a compound and it's an everlasting consistent compound over time until you pass away and the death benefit is paid out to your heirs. So you always have a constant growth, a constant compound and growth, but you're still able to access those dollars via loans to then be able to either do like your real estate, your syndication investing, uh, buy and hold, lending. I, I have a couple of clients that borrow against their policy at, at five and a half percent and lend out at 11, 12%, right? So that's a hundred percent return on the insurance company's money, not your money. That's the whole key. This is when you're borrowing, you're not borrowing from your account, you're borrowing against your account. There's a big difference, right? Your money's in there in a compounding state and always will be when you need to access it, you borrow uh, with the death benefit as the lien on it, okay. right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and, and, that's, and that's another point, it's just very flexible financing. Um, there, if you borrow capital against your account, you're not gonna get a call from the insurance company saying in, in 30 days, where's our payment, mm -hmm. right? I've done several transactions over the years where I went into a partnership on a six unit, uh, very small apartment in San Antonio, Texas. And I, I borrowed against my policy for my part of the uh, partnership. And it took us nine months, but we, we finally were able to resell it and make a little bit of money. And then, then I paid back the, my policy loan with interest, plus the profit that I made went back into my uh, account as a paid up additions. So it just keeps growing my account, right? I, I didn't, mm. the small bit of profit that we made, I didn't need it to live off of. So I just put it into my system. And again, that profit then starts a compounding process. So the whole key is to not just pay back the interest, but to be what we call an honest banker and pay back your system with what you would have been paying like at a, at a regular bank. Right. So mm. if you had a credit card that you were paying six, seven, eight, nine or, or double digit return on, we say, hey, pay your system back that amount. Mm. Right? So there's no structured payments or late fees or anything like that. With no. it. You can pay it back as you as you feel. Right. Feel, I, I, feel inclined one to. time. Yeah, I, I had a, a two year uh, an investment that dragged out two years, unfortunately. And I didn't pay it back for that two years. All, but I, what I did do is pay back the interest service on it for that annual, every, every time the annual came up on it. So I, I did have to pay the interest that the insurance company is charging, right? Because in this, we get policies that are issued by mutually owned insurance companies. Well, mutually owned is owned by the policyholders, not outside investors, mm -hmm. right? So if and you are now an owner right, of, of, of these policies. And 
I, as another owner, expect to make a dividend off my capital in my system. So the insurance company does need to charge interest on the money that they have lending out because you've got to pay back the policyholders that, that are expecting a dividend. Right. So, so, you know, that's part of the part of the system. OK. And, and speaking to that point. So. Um, so do you recommend mutual companies instead of stock companies? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For, for what we do in, in the infinite banking. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. can you get an, a, uh, a whole life policy or even a universal uh, policy at, at a stock? Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's really going to be more for the death benefit uh, cases where, you know, we sell for on, on cash value and, and achieving higher cash value. Now it's still insurance. So there is a death benefit to it. And, and we do have to make that into consideration. Um, but it's the way we structure it. We're usually trying to achieve higher cash value now uh, versus a higher death benefit. Okay. And Harold, so for anybody who's, who might be confused, what are the difference, what is the difference between this type of policy and a term life policy? Yeah, so you can think of, this is, you, you'll see this all over the place. You can think of term as renting life insurance, right? So mm-hmm. it's, a set, it's a set death benefit for a set period of time for a set premium. And then after that, if you want to renew it, you can, but it's more than likely just going to become an annual renewal well, as we know, insurance is based upon your age. So if you got an annual renewal policy at age 60 and then 61 and 62, that same death benefit is going to become increasingly expensive every single year because mm-hmm. you're out of your term part of it. Oh, it's, it's still term, but you're out of that fixed uh, time and premium. And so permanent insurance, and this goes for both uh, whole life, and for universal is set for the entire time of your life or endowment, which could be at, you know, an age much, much later out. Um, So, but it's all based upon its structure, its cost of insurance and the age at which you have to pay it up. And it could be a paid up and there's, there's 10 years, there's 20 years, there is age 100 or I'm 95, 99, age 100, age 121, right? And so they all have, they all have different kind of the um, payment structures, but, you know, it's basically for your entire life. Okay. And with the... Um... And, and I'm sorry, one thing you did ask me about, um, and I don't know if I clarified the statement, you asked me about um, stock insurance company and mutual uh, a stock company obviously is owned by stockholders outside investors. So there are returns that are expected to go to them, right? In a mutually owned company, all of the policyholders are the owners, right? So there's no outside investors to pay from an insurance company. So everything goes back into the operations, uh, death, you know, death benefit payments, reserves, and then usually that, you know, what's left from their activities is usually paid into their dividends, right? So it's all a, a contained system with no outside influence or disturbances. Okay, got it, got it. And um, 
So with the cash value, what, what, what usually happens with the cash value when someone passes away? Does that, does that usually go to the uh, beneficiaries yeah. as well, along with the death benefit? No, that's a great, that's actually a great question. Most of them, most people, even a lot of professionals, think that they are, they're two separate things. The cash value represents the future death benefit today. That's, and that's what you're able to access, right? It's really your equity in the policy, kind of like equity in your home. It's the equity in your policy. Okay. That's today's death benefit dollars. Now, if you, if you uh, but of the future, right? But if you died that day, you'd get the, your, your beneficiaries would get the entire face value minus or death benefit. I'm sorry, the, the entire death benefit minus any loans that you have outstanding on the policy. So for instance, if you had a $500,000 death benefit and you had $100,000 of cash value and you, and you die, your beneficiaries would get the $500,000. They wouldn't get 500 plus 100. Okay. And they would just get the 500. Um, if in the same same instance, if you had, uh, let's say you had put in um, 120 to get that $100,000, right? And you actually had a $100,000 loan outstanding because you could, right? Mm -hmm. So you've actually only put in a net of $20,000 because you've accessed back out $100,000 of of the 120 you put in, right? They would take that $100,000 and subtract it from the $500,000 death benefit in case you passed away. Okay. Right? So you, so the beneficiary would get $400,000. But the thing is, you've accessed 100,000 of your $120,000. You've got it, you know, hopefully in another investment sitting out there, maybe mm. some hard money lending, maybe a syndication, right? And that's all going to be something for your state to go through, whether if you had a trust and will or if it just goes through regular probate, whatever. I mean, these are all things that, that someone has to account for in their investing and if they pass away. So, but at least, you know, you do have that capital there to help the beneficiaries to deal with that. Right. And so, so for, you know, essentially a net $20,000 in, in, in investment, or installment to get the four hundred thousand dollars net death benefit. That's that's not too bad. That's a that's a really great return on your capital. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Plus the assets that you you've used, and and it could be maybe you didn't you know get any investments. Maybe you just had a you know just some really troubling debt you had to you had to consolidate and take care of. That's a good way to do that too. I know I personally have done that. Like I've come into some commissions before. And I like I have some debt sitting out there that I could just easily transfer and pay it off. No, what I do first is go and put it into my system. Wait for that to clear through the system and then to go back out and borrow against the policy and then pay off the debt. Because what I did with my deposit, I started an everlasting compound until I pass away. If I had just gone straight and paid off the debt, I would have never I would never have created that future compound. Okay. Right. So I just I recycled it through my system because I will get a compound on the dollars I put into it. Let's say you ha you have a four hundred one k, and you're able to you know you have over hundred thousand dollars in your four hundred one k, and you're able legally to withdraw fifty thousand dollars. 
Rodney, and then you have a five-year payback that you have to adhere to. Well, if that $50,000 was in some kind of, you know, decent investment, lower risk, but, you know, better returns than a savings account, you take that $50,000 out and you have to start your compound all over again, all over, right? And in my presentation, I show a very extreme, a short, extreme example of compounding. And it's nothing that we'll ever see this kind of return on. But if you, and there's charts out there all over that you can find on the internet of a penny doubling every single day from day one to day 30, the value is $5.3 million in 30 days if a penny compounded every single day. Then I was able to take that spreadsheet and create a chart, a bar chart, right? And it's only in 30 three-day intervals. So it's 10, 10, 10 bars, right? And those first three bars are basically nine days. You can see barely any kind of movement. And then it's in these last two bars. Well, it just goes straight up vertical like that. I think in day 20, if I'm not mistaken, the value is about $50,000. I'm, I'm not looking at it. Or 40 something thousand dollars in day 20, right? So 10 more days, it's at $5 million, right? So that, that's crazy. You, we won't see stuff like that, but I'm just trying to show the power of compounding and not disturbing a compound and seeing what you can get if you can put off, right? Disturbing it. What, what, at what point does it make it worth it? Because if you needed that 50,000, 48,000, whatever it is in day 20 for an investment that you have, that you really want to fund as a syndicator and they want to invest with you, right? If they took that money out of that compounding system in 10 more days, they will have whatever day 10 is of the penny compound. It's, what is that, like 30 cents or something that the 40, I mean, it's less than a dollar, right? So they have disturbed the future by withdrawing the money, taking it out. They just have put a stop on the growth. And this is what infinite banking is all about and overcoming this and not being able to um, stop from withdrawing against a compound. Mm -hmm. the, the time is on your side. The more time you have, the better a compound is. Okay, and you, you mentioned earlier about um, putting money towards your system. So can you talk a little bit about how you contribute additional money towards your policy value? So say you have an investment come in and you have you have 15 or 20 or $30,000 that you want to, when you put money into your policy, does it go towards your premiums or does it go somewhere else? Or can you designate where you put in those funds? Yeah, there's, so there's a, there's a, there's a couple of things and, and, you know, some technical details that obviously we would review in, in one-on-one -on -one sessions and, and, uh, and things like that. But when you put money into your system, there's a there's a cost for the, your base policy, whatever that base amount is for your age, your health condition, and for the amount of time uh, that we pay this permanent policy. Right again, whether it's ten years, twenty years, uh, age ninety five, ninety nine, one hundred, whatever that is, right? That, that mm -hmm. that's what the premium will be set. But it, that premium is fixed and will never ever change. For as, as long as for as long as that policy uh, is in, in, in your life. 
Um, so whatever that is, that's that's the base cost. And at that base cost, it takes several years for the policy to accrue any kind of cash value or equity, right? Mm -hmm. But a second part of this is that most companies, most insurance companies, especially the, the whole life tops, allow what's called paid up additions. And, and it's a, a rider that you can get. And what that allow is for you to buy additional insurance one time. So not on any kind of scheduled payment, right? You buy it all lump sum one time, right? And then, so there's a charge for that. So let's say that uh, you wanted to, you want to input say $10,000 into your system, right? Well, the charge on that's going to be about 10%. So $1,000 will go to purchase additional life insurance. And that's, again, that's going to be based upon your age uh, at that time, how much you're buying, and then, you know, what your policy was uh, originally rated for. And so, and the rest of that, the $9,000 will drop down into your cash value. So then along in your annual in your annual renewal will come and it'll look at your account to include your cash value to then uh, assess for your uh, dividend, you know, whatever the, the insurance company uh, declares for that year. And so, and then that dividend will then, then also buy additional paid up insurance. So your, your, your capital, consider your capital like a stream right? A, a little stream coming off of a, a river or running into, a, you know, the main river, that, that cash flow, that's your cash flow, your monthly cash flow. You have to have cash flow in order to run a system like that. It does require consistent cash flow. And so, and then, uh, and then that runs into like a water wheel, the water wheel scoops it up and then can then use that for power and put the water down into a, a field of, of which you're, you know, planting and harvest. Right. Mm -hmm. And that harvest is a growth of cash value and, and additional life insurance. So all of this is just growing your death benefit and your cash value along the same in, in the same direction up. Now, eventually, when the policy endows, your death benefit and your cash value are going to become one and the same. Okay. Right. So it could be at, you know, at two million dollars million dollars, you know, whatever it is, however it's designed and, 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 uh, and delivered. Um, but you always have the growth in the cash value. And so that will eventually catch up to your death benefit. And so that's why we say that the cash value is the, the current value of the future death benefit. And so, um, so all of those, those paid up additions plus dividends paid up additions are buying additional insurance and more cash value. So the more cash value, the more you can then borrow against for your bigger purchases or investing. So okay. it's, it's, it's one big system that's just yours. You own and control it. Nobody else does. The government doesn't control it. Nobody controls it. Just you. Okay, and Harold, how important is it to start on this in your younger years as opposed to your older years? Yeah, it is extremely important. One thing is is time. Time is is probably your 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 uh, biggest advocate 
um, on, on, on this. The younger you are, the more time you have, the better this will be. The downside about, you know, uh, youth policies um, is that uh, you're not, you can't get very large death benefits or you can't buy a very large policies for youth and kids. And then you have to explain why do they need this in the first place? Hmm. And so, you know, there's things that, that you have to deal with, uh, but whatever you can get in there, you know, is, is still going to be good, especially for your uh, legacy planning. And so my very first client ever was my then uh, 18 year old son. He's now 24. Right. So I got a policy on him. And then I got a policy on me and I and uh, I've also converted some of my terms. So I have two policies on myself, one on my son. And so, yeah. So time, time is your is your is the biggest asset. Okay. Yeah. And usually in your younger years, you're a lot more healthier. Right. So I know there's. Yeah, a... yeah exactly. Yeah. OK, awesome. So before we jump into the lightning round, um, what would be your main takeaway from to the listeners here about. Infinite banking. So and, inter and integrating that into their into their wealth organization system. Right. Absolutely. And it should be integrated irregardless if you're investing. And that's, it's a great, great tool to have uh, if you're investing, but you don't need to be an investor to utilize it. I, I would suggest everybody uh, to utilize it, right? We have, a, we have a greater need for access to capital and finance, and then, then we have a need for death benefit. And so, but you get the death benefit along with it, which is a great, a great asset to have in case something does happen to you, right? And so it acts in that, in that dual function as a death benefit and an accessible financing source for you. And a, a great growth for, for just your capital, right? It's just, Absolutely. It's, right? It's, it's so much better than just sitting in the bank. I mean, it's not a credit, it's not a debit card swipe, but I mean, we're only talking about a few days to access your capital. Yeah. And now technology is most insurance companies have the technology to where when you request a loan and all you're doing is requesting, you're not applying, hmm. right? If you have, if you have enough um, cash value, you just say how much you, how much you want. And then uh, they'll send over an ACH. You'll have it within 24 to 48 hours normally, normally. Yeah. And so, and, and that's it. So they're super easy to access and use. It goes and go right into your, your regular, you know, banking account that you need to use on, on day to day. Uh, but very easy to access. And the even the return on it just sitting there is much better. You know, hmm. you're definitely looking at gross dividends in the five and a half, five to six range. You know, when you include the cost of the insurance and stuff like that, you're probably looking at true net of, uh, you know, four and a half to five percent, but that's still much better than than just sitting yeah. in a in a money market. Yeah, right. Or, or, right there. Yeah, you know, laddering CDs, um, you know, and, and things like that. So, and and it, and it looks great on your personal financial statement or business balance sheet. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into the lightning round, Harold, and see um what makes that great mind tick. <laughs> 
All right, so what book or books have greatly influenced your life? Well, first and foremost, Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash, right? Got to get that. Start with that. He's written a few others. Um, uh, His second one was Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. And then he co-authored A Case for IBC, which is really based upon uh, infinite banking for businesses, right? This is a great tool for small businesses. You can do it for a group, uh, a group employee type deal. You can use it for, um, you know, integration. And it's, it, it's a great source of capital for a business to use without to worry about banks. It's all about getting out of the, the bank system and, and, their, and jumping through their hoops. Yeah, and their web, right? That's right. <laughs> and, um, and you said his last name is Nash. Author. Nash. Okay. R. Nelson Nash. Right. right you I'll can actually you can down actually download uh, becoming your own banker um, on Audible now. I, I will say it's super dry, so you might want to have a, a, a copy of the book uh-huh. to listen along, read along while, while listening. Um, but it's an easy read, really easy read. It's not. It, it, it's it, it's just really it's really about concept and knowledge. That's really what's, I mean, it, very little is, is, is spoken about insurance. Okay. So, I mean, so much, the infinite banking is, is not, it, yeah, it is, it, the product is insurance, but the, the system is, is how you manage it. Right, yeah, I think it's so much more. Right. Definitely. Okay, and Harold, if you could have a billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say? Um, driving up to the billboard, probably... Uh, don't take your eyes off the road and, and keep looking ahead. And then once you pass it, in case somebody looks back, it says, don't look back. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. All right. And so how, how has a failure or perceived failure actually allowed you a greater success later? You know, it's so funny. I think I have failed so many times that, I don't even really recognize it as a failure anymore than just a, a bump, a bruise, a scrape on the knees or a scrape on the elbows. And uh, man, I have just some, some doozies. I, you know, I've learned a lot of this, especially about why infinite banking hit me so hard is that I, I've made just some horrible financial decisions before. And mostly it's because of my just kind of go for it. Uh, attitude. I probably should have done more due diligence on stuff or, mm. or, you know, you just get into that financial desperation where, you know, you are probably making a bad mistake, but you just, you felt like you have to, you have to do it just in case it, it, it can work. Right. Mm-hmm. And those are just horrible things to, to get into. So what they have done is, is, you know, make me a really much smarter, wiser financial 50 plus year old. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those um, mistakes definitely make you think harder when you're going through those the next time right. you get that wisdom, right? But the big thing is is not to not to just lose all hope and quit, hmm. right? You, you get up, you keep going, saying, I'm going to do this someday. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah, those are all lessons for you. So absolutely. Right. All right. And what's a habit or routine that you love? I have it a routine that I love. Well, I, I love doing my, I found a lot of my thinking time is in my walks, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the, especially in the evenings, it's getting a little hotter now, but I, I do them in the morning too. It's just, you know, it's, I, 
listen to I listen to your podcast. I have other podcasts. A lot of them is economic and real estate and, and, uh, and you know financial based. But it's just it's my head clearing time to kind of think about um, what I'm doing and 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 walking is moving forward, right? So yeah. keep that constant state of moving forward. Okay, excellent. And um, do you have a favorite place to think big? So that, yeah, that's 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 a great question. Um, I uh, you know I'm I've always been a dreamer, and that's a part of, of about my my personalities is is dreaming big and and uh, can but you know the downside is that it's a lot of times you kind of lose uh, uh, lose sight of of details that are very important to get to that big you know place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I will say that. My wife and I were fortunate enough to, to, to buy a house uh, a little over a year ago. And uh, one thing that we did upgrade on, paid an upgrade on, was to uh, extend a covered uh, patio. And I just really love my early morning coffees sitting out there and letting the sun come up and, and, uh, and just nice. really kind of go over those, those, those thoughts and, and to continue to do that. Okay, excellent. And, and I mean, you and I attend a lot of the same networking groups, and I'm sure you get a lot of pitches and requests. And so, oh, yeah. What do you, what have you become better at saying no to? <laughs> Just those saying no to everybody who wants to be my social media guru or my lead generation uh, guru <laughs> or, or my health insurance consultant <laughs> as a, licensed uh real estate agent man we just get hounded all the time for you know life insurance quotes um (laughs) but yeah you're right and i think i think the social media lead generation (laughs) is the biggest one especially as great as linkedin is i get so many dms about social media generation i know i know and you you look at it like you don't get upset i mean everybody's just everybody's trying to make a living right we are you and i both do so we you know have our different different ways of going about and like like you i i'm uh just a big time networker i i am i'm still all about that not a big social media uh guru and uh but i I love lunches i love the networking lunches and and try to do one every day of the week Mm -hmm. yeah same same for me all right and last one what important truth do very few people agree with you on um why um you know i I would say a lot of people just don't recognize you know and history is such a great lesson i'm not sure why a lot of people are not recognizing you know some in our do because we all kind of get up there and we're all in the same choir right but a lot of people out there in the world just do not recognize you know, like how, how bad our financial and, and, and fractional reserve banking system is, um, uh, and, and just, just unlimited check writing and, and just, you know, so many, so many people think they're just, you know, that our government's going to just come and save them and just start writing unlimited checks. And, you know, eventually this, this bill is going to come due. 
and it's it's not going to be pretty. And I'm, I'm just so afraid that a lot of people are unprepared or just don't have the resources or just really going to be in for a doozy. And I, I don't, you know, I think a lot of people just would not agree with me on that. I, I, you know, in, in our circle, maybe so, because we all can see that, but there's just a lot out there that don't. Yeah. Or just choose choose to put their head in the sand and yeah, exactly. Or say no, no, no. The the government's going to come and, and start writing checks again. Yeah, and that's yeah. All right, awesome, awesome. So this was great, Harold. Great having you on, sharing the wisdom about this. I'm sure a lot of people will find some great value in this. So if anybody wanted to reach out to you and um, learn more about this, what's what is the best way to get in contact with you? Well, my my email is Harold at hmcgee.com, h-m-c-g-e-e.com. And then of course they can go through you as well. All right, awesome, awesome. All right, Harold, so yeah, this has been great. Um, great having you on. I'll see you soon when I want some back in um, Austin and you have a great day, buddy. All right, you too, thanks bud. All right, talk to you soon. You bet, bye. There you have it, guys another episode of Dealmaker Diaries in the books. If you enjoy and or find value in what we're doing, please do leave us a nice review. It goes a long way in keeping the show moving in the right direction. For you investors, if you're looking for places to put your hard-earned capital to work, head on over to our website, g1cgrp.com, and sign up for our investor list to be informed of the different projects we're raising capital for that will provide you with the cash flow your investments so much deserves.